0: This podcast is brought to you by Norfolk Southern. With technology like data-crunching supercomputers and NASA-like dispatch centers, they are developing a safer, more reliable railway that is redefining the world of transportation. See how Norfolk Southern is reimagining possible at nsrailtech.com.
1: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And joining me today is Kelly Madrick, who covers the appropriations process for CQ. Welcome back, Kelly.
2: Thanks for having me on.
1: So in case you haven't heard by now, Democrats will be governing the House of Representatives come January after eight years of Republican rule. And that means the powerful House Appropriations Committee will be getting a major makeover. Which includes its first female leader. New York's Nita Lowy is in line to become chairwoman, and she is certainly no fan of the Trump administration. And Kelly, you talked with her last week. What are her top priorities?
2: Congresswoman Lowy, soon to be House Appropriations Chairwoman Lowy, it's not official, it is very she's much about, yeah. the shoe in candidate. One of the first things she spoke about was the need to do infrastructure, and she spoke pretty highly of the possibility of bipartisan cooperation on that. You know, that's le- that's yet to be seen, but that's quite the buzzword following the midterm elections, the president, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell.
1: I talked to, to Leader Pelosi. Uh, we discussed ways we might be able to find a way forward. Well, first, we have to finish this session, and we have a number of items extant. We have to finish the Farm Bill, we have to finish uh, funding the government. Uh, the one issue that uh, Leader Pelosi and I discussed this morning is where, where there could be a possible bipartisan agreement would be something on infrastructure.
2: And now Congresswoman Lowy are all talking about the possibility of some type of funding package for the nation's crumbling roads, Seems bridges, Seems to be the airports. one place
1: where they think there might be some bipartisan support.
2: Yeah. And part of that is because there hasn't really been a extremely strong investment in road building in quite a while. The last five year highway bill, which expires in the early 2020s, it just really kept things barely above inflation. And so this has been kind of a desired priority for a long time, but there hasn't really been the space to do it with all this discussion of health care and taxes. So that's a high that's a highly probable one. She also well, has but, a,
1: but we should say there's no agreement at all on how much money to spend or how to pay for it.
2: There's not. And and again, the Highway Trust Fund, which is a special kind of wonky, bizarrely constructed fund that pays for the state's road and bridge and other types of transportation projects has constantly been running at a loss. They've had to top up the fund with billions and billions and billions of dollars from the general fund for a really long time. Another really big priority for her will be higher education. She talked about how the most recent Labor H bill, Labor HHS education, which includes funding for Pell Grants, gave pretty significant increase to the Pell Grant Uh, program. But she's like, that's not even enough to keep up with the rising cost of higher education. Um, So that and also kind of um, using the appropriations process to ensure that the Trump administration is administering student loan programs correctly in the way that uh, the Democrats see it, that will also be a big priority. Um, Then you have to think, think, think about things. She immediately kind of got into the whole Title 10 family planning discussion and the need to fund Those programs for years, Republicans in the House have used the appropriations process to try to gut that program because of um, its the funds go to various family planning clinics, including places like Planned Parenthood that offer services like abortion, even though federal funds are walled off from that actual procedure. So that's another one that she's looking to. I think that the gun violence issue will be at the forefront when Congress comes back, um, and a place to do that would be the Commerce Justice Science Bill. They want
1: to fund research on gun violence.
2: Yeah, that could be a place uh, where they kind of attach some of those types of riders, say, or maybe just provisions, or who knows, but it's definitely going to involve the spending process. So that sounds like she could
1: be a real thorn in the side of the Trump administration.
2: Yes, It was interesting, though, that um, Congressman Lowy's staff wanted to be very clear when she was talking about things like Title X, which are such a flashpoint issue between Republicans and Democrats, that she's talking more about funding those programs than necessarily inserting controversial policy writers into the discussion. But again, that's really uh, up in the air. That's not something we're not going to know until we see the actual spending bills for next year. And it will be a hard sell, I think, for the head of the Appropriations Committee to not allow Democrats who have been held off from putting their ideological policy provisions into bills. It's going to be a tough fight to keep her caucus from legislating on the spending measures.
1: So that'll be a battle when uh, Democrats take over in January. Meanwhile, we have a lame duck session coming up starting this week uh, where we have to get parts of the government still funded. And that's going to have a huge fight over president trump's border wall and i assume lowey is no fan of that
2: that was one of the first things that she made very clear in her interview with me the day after the election money for the wall is a waste and that democrats support border security now this is a this isn't a new line but i found it pretty striking that that was among the first things she said to me we are not going to to fund the wall. And, so that, and they'll feel
1: more politically empowered to th- oppose it now, even though they don't quite have power yet, they won't have power this month or next month.
2: And Louie, she emphasized that in her view, pushing for this wall funding is nothing more than an attempt to gin up the Republican base and has no basis in reality when it comes to securing the border. Now, obviously, Republicans agree differently, but they have just lost some of their champions who are supposed to be leading the fight for the wall. Yeah,
1: so there's even more of a, of a makeover coming on on the Appropriations Committee, which we'll talk about right after this.
0: You may know Norfolk Southern is the leading freight rail company that powers our nation's economy. But did you know they're also the innovation leaders that are reinventing the railroad as we know it? Using automated computing platforms, their freight rail network safely orchestrates the movement of hundreds of trains, while their data-driven predictive models can foresee maintenance problems weeks before they occur. And their virtual reality simulators are training crews more safely and effectively. With an array of new tech, Norfolk Southern is reimagining what's possible. Learn more by visiting nsrailtech.com.
1: And we're back talking with Kelly Madrick about the new faces on the House Appropriations Committee. And uh, we had some carnage here on the committee last in the midterm elections. We had two Republican cardinals losing their seats.
2: And that's a pretty big deal and a reflection of kind of just what a change over this election provided for some of the very high-level Republicans in positions of, of power that kind of matter to the agenda of the Republicans in the House and also to President Donald Trump. Um, Kevin Yoder of Kansas, uh, Republican subcommittee chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, had a pretty thankless job now looking back in hindsight uh, running the Homeland Security panel as he tried really hard to make up, mark up a bill in committee but could never and get he's it He's the to guy the floor. in charge of
1: the border wall funding.
2: Exactly. And so there was kind of this push from him to try to get more border wall funding because the administration, although they f- formally request a little over a billion dollars, they formally requested in their budget re- submission. February, a little over a billion dollars for the wall. They informally modified it to five billion as discussions kind of heated up. And the Senate was saying that's a no go. And so now there's not really anyone in the House who's going to be vouching for that, who has prior experience with working through the details of that legislation. The loss of John Culberson of Texas, the Commerce Justice Science subcommittee chairman, is also significant because as he's going to be cleaning up his office, he's also going to be expected to somehow put together funding legislation for the Commerce Justice Science programs across the floor, which is, again, a very contentious bill because it contains the Department of Justice, various types of gun policy is debated on there. And then there's a lot of potential areas where people might swipe back about tariffs because of the Commerce Department being funded. Um, so And
1: so both of these bills are unfinished and yet they're now they now have chairman who have lost their seats and are politically weakened
2: in some way maybe that will spur those Republicans to try to at least finish that as one of their last acts in office Um, perhaps there can be some cooperation on the Democratic side but if they start to dig into those flashpoint issues like the wall, and they can't come to some kind of agreement, which seems very difficult right now, we could possibly see just a um, stopgap funding on that, a continuing resolution, as it's called, which really leaves funding for programs on auto- autopilot, which would leave Democrats and Republicans unhappy since they both have differing desires to influence policy on those on those bills with new legislation.
1: And even if they get these bills done by December, when current funding runs out, and we avoid a partial shutdown, come next year, we need to negotiate a new budget deal with with new spending limits, and Lowy is going to want a lot more spending than the White House.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, otherwise, we're going to have a $126 billion drop-off in discretionary funding in 2020. I mean, that's a massive funding cliff. Those would
1: be automatic cuts that come under a deficit reduction law unless they negotiate higher spending. Yeah.
2: And I mean, because Republicans want more funding for the military here, we're probably going to see some type of two-year budget deal. The devil's going to be in the details, as they say, as to what exactly those negotiations mean. And it's likely more for domestic priorities because Democrats are in control in the House.
1: Negotiations could be a lot tougher next year than they've been the past two years with, with Democrats in charge in the House. So we'll be watching what happens in the lame duck session that begins this week and how Loewy prepares for her new job. And CQ will be covering it all for you, as always. My thanks again to Kelly Madrick, our dogged appropriations reporter here at CQ. Thanks for joining me, Kelly. Thank you, David. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more budget news, you can subscribe to CQ.com or visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQ now or at Roll Call. See you next week.